0: of God so that you can stand and um when we talk about the breastplate of righteousness we have to really kind of dig into and say what is this guarding against and the truth is it's really a heart matter because again independence and dependence is about your heart it's about how healthy your heart is Christ, with Christ being Lord of your life are you really healthy and the fact that you know that Christ is Lord and so I depend upon him daily or do you have some heart issues and you're still trying to be independent you want Christ to be Lord of your life you've confessed that you've said that but yet you're like Paul in Romans chapter 7 the things that I want to do I don't do and the things that I don't want to do I do there's something that's going on inside of me I, I gotta fight this How will how will I fight this So it says, verse 14, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Having put on. That phrase is an interesting phrase. In the Greek, it really means the sense of sinking into something. So think for a second if you have ever been around any kind of mud. Uh, When we went to the Navajo reservation spring break, Gary graciously let us borrow his his truck, and uh, we got that thing muddy, and it began sinking in Navajo mud. We were really invested in driving down a particular road. Uh, the boys and I, and a, a guy named Edison, who's a, who's a pastor in that area, he said, "I need I need to get to this location, so let's go down this paved road. We'll have to turn on this dirt road and go this way, and it's 32 miles until the next paved road." And so we start going. The mo the roads are muddy, extremely muddy, but they just keep getting worse and worse. And, uh, and at one point, Edison, we're, we're uh, driving and really taking really great care of Gary's truck, by the way, uh, doing our best to do that. And uh, we get to, uh, to a moment where uh, the truck begins to slide into the bar ditch, which uh, there's more standing water and more mud. And uh, at that moment, the boys in the back seat were very quiet because I think they, they thought, what's next? There's no cell phone signal. There's no one to pull us out. There's no tree to hook up a a chain to and a winch to pull us out. Uh, This doesn't look hopeful. Though we had a lot of snacks, all right, but still it didn't look hopeful. And Edison, who's lived there his entire life, pulled out his phone and said, huh, I don't even have signal. And I said, well, are you you concerned? He's like, yeah, I mean, we're we're not really going anywhere. Yeah, hey, I'm from Texas. Surely that will reassure you I can get us out of this situation. <laughs> so thankfully we get out of that particular bar ditch and, and he says, Should we turn around? I'm fully invested in this. Like we need to get to that location, let's get there, and then we'll just keep keep going on. Though we're sinking into this mud, I'm fully invested into it. Let's just keep let's keep going forward. And that's where this phrase I mean, I think this phrase for me when I when I think about this, when it, when the when the phrase being said, having put on, we're saying we're fully invested in something. We're sinking in to this garment. We're putting it on, but it's it's taking over our life, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. So let that sink in for a moment. Let this righteousness sink in, that we would let it take over us, that we would be fully invested into it. January 1 of this year, we talked about burning our ships. Uh, Like the conquistadors who go to a new land to explore, and they say never to return. This is where we're going. We're going to burn our ships never to return. They would say something like we are all in. We're all in. Many of us, I feel like, fight with this. The struggle daily. We struggle daily with this. We've put on the breastplate of righteousness. We recognize, we call Christ Lord. So we're saying, because Christ and what he's done for us, like we celebrated at Easter, he's conquered death. He's taken away sin forever. I've confessed him, Lord. I believe it in my heart, so I am saved. So because of that, I'm putting on this righteous cloak. I'm putting on this righteous garment of Christ. And so I understand that I'm a righteous person in in Christ's eyes. That as the judge who we've, we sang about and Geary read about, who's going to judge justly because of Christ, he sees me as a righteous individual. I'm approved by God because I've confessed Christ as Lord because he's taken away my sins. So I've been approved by God. I can go into his presence. I've got righteousness on. Yet daily I struggle with sinking into other things investing in other things. Lord, I tell you I'm all in, but really I'm mostly in. I'm not all in, I'm just mostly in because there's a lot of things of this world that I really, really enjoy. And so I'm, I'm wrestling with that. I want to be all in, but yet, yet I'm not. And that's why Paul says, This fight that you're fighting daily, sink into the garment of righteousness. Put on the breastplate of righteousness that you're sinking into that, fully invested into who Christ has made you to be. Because the enemy, if you're familiar with him at all, the enemy wants to whisper and yell at you. He wants to say things like, you're not righteous. You're not worth anything. In fact, you're worthless. Do you really amount to anything? You're not even worth investing in. There's no one around that wants to say to you, hey, I'm all in with what you've got because you're great. And the enemy whispers things like that. And we have to put on that breastplate of righteousness to remind us, Christ's death and burial and resurrection and ascension reminds me that I am worth something to someone. I mean, even if Christ isn't who he says he is, even if he isn't God, even if you're doubting that in any way, know that a man thought that he was and died for you anyways, for the entire world. I mean, so someone, at least one person on this earth at one point in time thought you were worth something, had you in mind as he's being sacrificed. Thanks be to God, I'm convinced that he is also God, and that he's also the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So there's more than just one person thinking I'm great instead there's this lamb of God who says I'm going to die for you I'm going to conquer death and sin forever for you I'm going to count you as worthless I'm going to stand before God this righteous judge who's a just sovereign judge in God and I'm going to stand there with you and say though he was not righteous because of what I've done let's make him righteous the same as for you But we have to fight that every day that's why we put on the breastplate of righteousness. It's why we can say, "Hey, I'm fully invested into this, completely taking on the breastplate of righteousness." Righteousness is a is an interesting word. Um, uh, if you're uh, if you familiar with the 90s at all, I remember uh, some uh, some turtles that were uh, changed radically by a uh, by some sewage, some raw sewage, and uh, they became these ninjas. You ever heard of the Ninja Turtles? Uh, they would say surfer terms like "calabunga and righteous, things like that all the time. So there may be some mixed uh, thoughts concerning what righteousness actually is. But truly, righteousness just means that you are right before God, that you are approved by God. I mean, we've been approved by people before. People have said, oh, yeah, you're right. And that's a good feeling. It's a good feeling when somebody says to me daily, it happens in my house, you are right. I'm saying that to Mandy, of course. (laughs) Uh, But that's a good feeling. It's a good thought, a good phrase to hear. To think about the Almighty God, the creator of all, who we are separated from because of sin, to look upon me and say, because of my son, because of what he's done for you and is doing for you, you are right. You are approved to enter into my presence. And that's something you have to tell yourself every day. I cannot forget that I am righteous before God because of, because of Jesus. Think for a second about Psalm 23. Uh, we've mentioned it before. You, you probably haven't memorized. We've read it a couple times already. But Psalm 23 verse 3 says this, He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So he restores my soul. Uh, Paul would tell us that um, the wages of sin is death, that all have sinned before God, that no one is without sin. He tells us things like this. God's word uh, reveals to us that we are sinners. We are sinners whose soul is dirty and in need of restoring. And we have this good shepherd who comes in and says, let me restore your soul. Let me bring it back to to a righteous state. You were full of sin and nastiness and garbage and refuse. Let me change all that by my death, burial, resurrection, ascension. Let me do all these things so that you can have a restored soul. Uh, Maybe that's just for me. but And I know that you've connected. uh, Believers, I know that you've heard Psalm 23 before. But as I think about the Good Shepherd leading me down the path of righteousness, he must restore my soul first. And so daily, that's something I have to think about. That my soul has been restored by the blood of the Lamb, who's taken away the sins of mine and the rest of the world. That I can be a restored soul. That I don't have to be broken anymore. That I don't have to be full of garbage or sin anymore. But instead, I can be restored. And because of that, He can lead me down the path of righteousness. So when Paul says in Ephesians 4, put on the breastplate of righteousness, You can't just take it up by yourself. You cannot become righteous on your own. Romans chapter 3 tells us um, that, that there are none righteous. No, not one. Like You cannot be righteous on your own. You can't just pick up the breastplate of righteousness because it's sitting there, but instead it has to be given to you from Christ. He's the one that restored your soul, that can lead you down the path of righteousness. And again, this is why I come back to the dependence and independence topic. Because when we think that we can do things on our own, when we think that we would say phrases like, I got this, or we think that we can do things on our own and we're not dependent upon the Lord, we think that the righteousness can come from ourself. But righteousness only comes from the right one, from Christ. He restores our soul, and he leads us down the path of righteousness. So if we want to pick up the breastplate of righteousness and be fully invested in it, sink into its garments, put it on every day, we have to be reminded where righteousness comes from. It doesn't come from the Ninja Turtles or from surfers from the 90s, but righteousness comes from the right one. Righteousness comes from Christ, the one who can restore a soul or all souls, the one who can truly lead you down the path of righteousness righteousness we have to we have to be at that point uh first peter that gary just read you can turn there if you want but first peter chapter 2 verses 21 through 25 i'll remind you it says this for to you for to this you have been called because christ also suffered for you leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps hear it Psalm 23, verse 3, he will lead you down paths of righteousness. So put on the armor of God. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. But who are you still going to follow as you're you're covered in his armor? You would walk in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. Remember that in a moment. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth when he was reviled he did not revile in return when he suffered he did not threaten but continued entrusting himself to the one who judges justly so daily this is how we fight okay when we when we ask the questions like there's a there's a cobweb right there sorry it's distracting uh don't want to get entangled in that cobweb okay when we uh, daily, when we fight, we ask the questions like, "Well, how do I do this?" We've got to walk the steps that the one who walked before, the one who is righteous. We have to walk in those steps. Let Him lead us down that path of righteousness for His for His name's sake. Uh, verse twenty four in in First in Peter chapter two, He Himself bore our sins in His body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. This is the struggle that daily we have this before us. Do we die to sin and live to righteousness, or do we, do we die to sin and try and live to sin? It's the struggle that we're facing. And if we put on the breastplate of righteousness that's from God, immersing ourselves in the word, praying to him daily, asking and pleading for his help, walking, please, Lord, lead me down the path of righteousness that I may know the way, the truth, and the life that I may go to the Father who is a righteous judge. Let me walk down that path. Or do I try and live independently from Christ, live dependent upon my own self, my own righteousness, and try my best and at the end have nothing? He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds we have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Psalm 23 again, let me remind you. He restores my soul. He leads me in path of righteousness, not for my namesake, or for your namesake, or for First Baptist Lovington's namesake, but instead for his namesake. So that when people see us walking in a righteous way, they don't say, wow, what righteous person you are. But instead they may say, how are you righteous? How are you righteous? How are you walking down this path? Because of Christ. See the one that I'm following? Like I'm following in his steps. Christ is the one that I'm, I'm following. We have to come to a point where we can say, I'm going to live dependently upon Christ. Matthew 6.33, you probably have not memorized. I mentioned it last week, but Matthew 6.33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. We worry. The reason why we don't step all in, but only mostly in, is because we've mostly been convinced that Christ is it. But there's still, some, there's still some doubt, like Thomas, show me your hands, show me your side, let me see it with my own eyes. Like I'm mostly in, but I'm not completely in. I want to be. At some point, maybe in my life, I will be all in. At this point, I'm just mostly in. And Jesus reassured us That if we were to seek God and his kingdom first and his righteousness, then the things that are needed would be added to us. As he's leading us, he's restored our soul, which is all that's needed really. But as he's restored our soul and he's leading us down the path of righteousness, we can trust that on that path, everything that we need will be provided for us. Not by things of this world, but by Christ and Christ alone. And that's huge if we can gather that. Satan attacks our hearts. Like I said, it's a heart of the matter. So he attacks our hearts. He tries to lead us astray. He tries to persuade us that there's other things that are worthy of our time, worthy of our life, worthy of, of everything that we are. Satan attacks our heart, And that's why Paul would say, inspired by God, breathed out words from God, put on the breastplate of righteousness the breastplate, the armor that covers from your neck to your thighs that would protect all those vital organs. The heart is where emotion comes from. The heart is where self-worth comes from. The heart is where we express love from. I love you from the deepest part, darkest part, the deepest and darkest part of my heart. I love you so, so much. Self worth. I know that I'm worth something because I got a good heart. Ah, oh, that person, he's got a really, really good heart. Protect it. Don't let anything. Don't let anything uh, persuade you to do other things. But protect your your good heart. Eat Cheerios every day. Take an aspirin. Do those things. Protect protect your heart. Keep your heart good. Keep it healthy. I mean, that's what the that's what the breastplate of righteousness is saying. You're covered in righteousness, fully invested into it, sinking into the garment of righteousness. And because of that, guard your heart. Remember Jeremiah 17, 9, that reminds us that the heart is very deceitful. It's a deceitful above. Who can even understand it? There's a gentleman, a fictional character, who uh, is really just an average kind of guy, uh, but being raised by his grandma, his grandma becomes sick, has a uh, physical illness, and uh, so his, uh, his uncle has to come in and take care of him. And he's struggling through being an awkward teenager. Uh, his hair's crazy. His, uh, his language is different. Uh, he doesn't fit in with the cool crowd at school. Uh, just is a, a really, really awkward, average teenager. And he gives some advice to his friend who's trying to be more than average. His friend wants to be great, His friend wants to be the ruler. And so what can he do? So he gives the advice to his friend. Just follow your heart. That's what I always do. Well, that's what the world tells us. The world tells us follow your heart. Just trust in it. Trust in your heart. Trust that your heart is leading you in the right direction. Brian finally got the movie reference I'm talking to, I think. No? Okay. Trust in your heart. Let your your heart guide you. But the heart, the truth, the belt of truth tells us that the heart is deceitful. Who can understand it? The heart loves one thing at one moment and another thing at another moment. Who can actually trust the heart? We have to trust the truth. We have to protect the righteous heart that Christ has made righteous and trust the one that's indwelling inside of us, the Holy Spirit that comes from, that comes from God. Trust that. Let that be your guide so that he can lead you down the path of righteousness. It would have been cool if the, if the psalmist would have said, he restores my soul, so trust in your heart to lead you down the way of righteousness. But instead, he, he restores your soul and he will lead you down the path of righteousness for his name's sake. If it was about your heart and your heart leading you, you could say, like many do, well, how did you make this decision? Just trust in my heart. I trust in my heart. My heart told me what to do, and so so uh, so I did it. And then awkwardly at your funeral, people would say, Well, you had a good heart. She had a good heart. How come it didn't lead them down the path that we thought it would lead them? Instead, we got to trust in trust in Christ to lead us down the path of righteousness. The fictional character I was talking about was Napoleon Dynamite. He tried to lead his friend to, uh, to greatness. Trust in your heart and you can become anything that you want. And uh, unfortunately, it didn't always happen the way, the way he thought. For all your heart is a terrible phrase to live by. Trust in your heart. Though it's the advice that many, many people give. I will only trust your heart and I only want you to trust my heart if it has been redeemed by Jesus. If it is covered in the righteous blood of the righteous one, then I might trust it. I might trust that it's being led down the path of righteousness. And so because you are trusting in the righteous one, because you are trusting in the truth from the righteous one, then I might trust your wisdom and discernment. But if I'm just throwing out things, if I just am saying my heart has been good to me so far, I'm going to keep on trusting it until it fails me. That's not good advice to follow. Matthew chapter 15 will be our ver- our last section of scripture we'll talk about. So turn there, Matthew chapter 15. We'll hear from the words of Jesus. Matthew 15, we'll start in verse 1. Still hear pages turning. <clears throat> All right. Matthew 15 verse 1, then the Pharisees and the scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. Now thankfully my kids aren't in the room as we're talking about this, because we talk about washing our hands before we eat a lot, right? Because we want healthy hearts. Okay. For they do not wash their hands when they eat. And he answered them, and why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father or his mother, uh, what, would, what would have gained for me is given to God. <clears throat> he need not honor his father. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made the, made void the word of God. You hypocrites. What, did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines, doctrines the commandments of men. I mean, this is a very difficult, pointed conversation that Christ is having. An argument saying, you've got things down, so it looks. It, it looks as if you have a pure heart. Your actions seemingly are showing that you are righteous, but you're far from it. You only say these things with your lips. Only words come out. You are a hypocrite or an actor. You're not reality, the belt of truth. Be people who speak truth, speak reality, speak what is from God and only from God. The breastplate of righteousness. Let your heart be covered with the righteous blood of the Lamb and protected from it so that you can be righteous. Then he goes on to say and he called the people of him and said to them hear and understand it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a person remember first peter chapter 2 verse 20 it talks about that not even a deceitful word came out of the mouth of the lord he who hear and understand is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a person. Then the disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? Come on, you, you offended the righteous sect. You, you, you offended the righteous religious leaders, Jesus. Uh, Probably like, my, like, um, like a, a pastor named Joby Martin would probably – I heard this this week. I'm going to use it, all right? Uh, Joby Martin, a pastor in redneck pastor out of Florida, uh, m- made the phrase that Jesus is offensive. And, uh, and sometimes his sermons are offensive. And he said he had two points about that. Number one, Jimmy Crack Corn. Number two, I don't care. So that's probably how Jesus might have responded if he was redneck. Do you know that the religious righteous people are offended by what you, by what you said? He answered in verse 13, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be rooted up. If you're not rooted in righteousness, righteousness from the righteous one, you're not rooted in anything. You're rooted in things of this world. Let them alone. They are blind guides. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said to him, explain the parable to us. And he said, are you still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. This is where it's trouble for us. Because the heart issue, I mean, it's really the heart of the matter, right? I mean, the heart of the matter is the heart. Here's where it gets really difficult for us. But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. And this defiles a person. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a person. Christ is trying to teach us and those there at that moment and those in between that the heart really is an issue. And that what comes from your heart really proves Who has control of your heart? So Paul would tell us, those who are believers, put on the breastplate of righteousness to protect what Christ has done to your heart. Those who are not believers, he would say, confess Christ as Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead so that you can be saved. And then after that, put on the breastplate of righteousness to protect what Christ has done to your heart. Because out of the heart, those things that come out of there are what defiles a person. Those things that come from the heart are what defiles a person. So thanks be to God, number one, that he gave us a Savior. That what came out of his mouth was never deceitful or defiling to him. But he remained without sin so that we could be forgiven of our sins. So that he would be, he would be the perfect Lamb of God. So thanks be to God for that. Number two, thanks be to God That He allows us to put on righteousness and be approved by Him because of the righteous one. So we can put on the breastplate of righteousness as a believer. And our heart can be protected from those things that want to persuade us to become to become dependent on. Instead of independent and and withdrawn from, we can can be protected from from those things. So this week, believer, I would say to you this ask God to reveal heart issues that you have. Moments where you know something in this world is persuading you to seek it instead of the righteousness of God. Maybe it means you have to change where you eat. Maybe it means it changes where you drive. I'll just give you a real honest, open example. If I'm going to Lubbock and I want my heart to remain on the path to righteousness, I do not drive by the Ford dealership in Brownfield because I know my heart will be, be persuaded to look at things that will grab my heart and hold on to for a while. So I know that's really simple, all right? I know that's really, I don't know if we can say stupid, but stupid, okay? I know that. I know that's silly. But is that not the battle? I mean, surely someone's like me. Surely someone is like me would say, daily, daily, I'm mostly in. I want to be all in. I want to seek God first in his righteousness. I want to trust that when I do that, he's going to add all the things that I need. But have you seen these things of this world? Maybe it's not material for you. Maybe it's words. Maybe someone has said something and your self-worth is lessened. or Maybe someone said something to you and you've been discouraged for a long time and you're still holding on to that. Lord, I know that you're Lord of my life, but I've got a hold of this. Your heart will hold on to that for a long time. Let go of it. Let Christ lead you down the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Let him restore your soul. Don't, Don't trust in your own righteousness, but trust in the righteousness of God. And let your heart be transformed and conformed to Christ instead of the pattern of this world. So how do we do that? Read God's word. Pray. Read God's word. Pray. Read God's word and pray asking pleading with God God please as I'm putting on the breastplate of righteousness today because you've made my heart righteous God lead me down the path of righteousness for your name's sake let's pray God we do thank you that we can trust in your word trust in your wisdom we thank you for Christ who does make us righteous God I am thankful that righteousness isn't my righteousness is not dependent upon me of what I've done or what I'm going to do. Instead, it's completely based upon Christ and what He's done, what He's doing, and what He's going to do. What a comforting feeling it is to know, God, that Christ had me in mind along with the entire world, knowing that He was the righteous Lamb of God who can take away the sins of the world. So God, help me and others in this room this morning not to entangle ourselves in sin. But if we have died to sin because of Christ, let us live to righteousness for Christ's sake. God, help us, those of us who our souls have been restored by confessing Christ as Lord and believing in our heart that you raised him from the dead. God, help us to be led by you down the path of righteousness, seeking only you and only your righteous things, God, trusting that you will add to us everything that is needed and often, more often than not, even things that we want because you are gracious, God. God, thank you for being sovereign and just. Thank you for judging justly not holding on to my sins or the sins of the world, but instead removing those as far as the east is from the west. God, we know that you are worthy of being followed. We know that the steps that you have out, have laid out for us, are worthy to walk in. So God, help us to do that. Help us to respond faithfully.